a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Renthal. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Hope everybody's staying safe. Hope everybody's uh, watching the news and uh, following doctor's orders and following the medical professionals and all of that in uh, in this pandemic. And, uh, yeah, stay safe, people. Try to get out and ride your dirt bike, but be responsible doing that. Okay, thanks. All right, everybody, flyracing.com. Uh, please check them out on the web for more information. You can always go to the website, check them out. Right now, go to your local dealer. They are doing a really cool deal where uh, go to their Instagram, at flyracing, um, and check it out. They're giving you some goggles if you buy a helmet, some socks if you buy some boots, uh, some gloves if you buy some gear or something. They're also uh, discounting their their um, uh, gear as well, um, 10% off. So you got to tag them on Instagram, and, and all the details are over there. On their accounts, they're doing really cool things at Fly Racing to try to help stimulate the economy, help their dealers out, help you save some money, and all of that. So thank you, Fly Racing, for that. And of course, uh, Justin Brayton uses Fly Racing. That's all you need to know there. Also, Maxxis uh, tires, whether it's uh, mountain bike tires, whether it's light truck tires, UTV tires, or the new MXSTs uh, developed by Jeremy McGrath. And uh, please check them out. Alex Ray uses them, Supercross main event guy. And uh, yeah, if you're in the market for a high-end tire, please take another look at Maxxis. And their MXSTs, they've done well with those. And thank you to Renthal as well. Renthal.com, the 7 8 bar, the fat bar, the twin wall bar. God, I remember when they debuted that twin wall thing with MC back in the day. It blew everybody's minds. And uh, they're doing it again with the fat bar 36. Uh, Kenny Roxon's used it to win Supercrosses this year. And we'll probably win some more once we get back racing, whenever the hell that might be. Renthal.com, uh, grab life by the bars with those guys. And uh, we thank them for coming on board as well. Great grips, of course, uh, They've absolutely cornered the market in grip. So thank you, Renthal, Maxis, of course, the folks at flyracing.com. Podcast with Jason McCormick coming up. You'll make Pacific Northwest fans, of course, know him. Uh, he won a model or Shugo, podium to watch a ton. Uh, we were actually teammates at FMF Honda in 1998. Uh, he had a badass YZ250 in 1997, I remember. And I actually wrenched for him in 1996. My first professional racing wrench job. We'll see if he remembers that. I don't know if he would. Uh, and we'll talk into what he's doing now and, uh, and talk a little bit of Pacific Northwest bench racing. And uh, he, has, he had a fantastic career uh, on, the, on the motorcycle for sure. Hell of a rider. So thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Let's dive into Jason McCormick. All right, here we go. As, uh, as stated in my intro, uh, a buddy of mine that I haven't talked to for a number of years, I was actually on his team back in the day, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Renthal and Maxis with the great Jason McCormick. What's up, Jason? How are you, man? 
I'm doing great, buddy. Just uh, working away. Still working, actually. Taking the time and wanted to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, nice to catch up with you and, and see how you're doing. And, and I got to thank somebody uh, on Instagram or maybe Twitter that just said, hey, man, what's Jason McCormick up to? And I'm like, I don't know, but let's find out. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm stoked that that guy, that listener of mine, uh, wanted to find out more about what you're going, what, what's going on with you. So, cool. Yeah, you, you know, uh, I got a message, too. I think it was uh, Bob Bradstreet. Um, I know there's a couple of, you know, a couple of guys too, but I know Bob, uh, he had texted me, said something about, you know, Steve's been trying to get a hold of you. And I'm yeah. like, Oh really? Well, I used to, I had Steve's number. Well, it's, you know, I don't have it anymore because it's an old number. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's, I guess how it transpired. No, whatever number you have for me, McCormick is the same number I've had since 1997. I've never changed it. So oh. yeah, just, uh, oh. just same number. So if you just didn't have it, that's fine. But I'm just saying. No, no, New I number. had it. Maybe, not, yeah, I tried calling. It was no longer in Really? Huh. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. What, maybe you had my pager number. Seriously, that's how old it could be. Good God. Dude, it was, yeah, when we were on a 98 team is when I got it. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so funny. Um, so, hey, man, uh, you're doing a suspension service now up there in uh, up there in the Pacific Northwest. That's cool. Yeah, actually on site at the Washington Motocross track. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, doing, you know, complete complete suspension jobs valving my own my own thing testing a lot with tommy week Mm -hmm. um you know and a little bit with ryan and a few of my other riders too that uh come up and do a little bit a little bit here and there and it's been awesome dude just kind of like trying to bring back what we what we did on teams to just more of an amateur local level which is nice you know i'm not always at the track i mean Mm -hmm. it's hard to hit everyone right track but you know i try to do the best i can How'd you get into that? How'd you get interested in that? Uh, who taught you uh, back in the day after you hung the boots up? Or were you doing that kind of stuff when you were racing still? No, no, man. You know, when we had our uh, our deal with um, Rob at RG3? Yeah. So you, you remember him? He's doing all our stuff at FMF days, but he was working kind of alongside with Honda at the time, kind of starting RG3, I think, around that time, I think. I believe uh-huh. so. It really started just testing. I love to test. I love to test motors. Yep. And I love to test the suspension. Like I was, I loved it. So like I know the guys relied on me a little bit more on the testing side because mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, and then I think after we, uh, you know, after all the years, I think it was just an interest. And I yep. just called Rob up one day after my wife Carrie and I got married. I moved back down to California, and two weeks later, here. Uh, I was at RG3. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I learned from Rob, but I understood the mechanics and the mechanics of it internally because mm-hmm. of the testing. Yeah. So I caught the concept of it. I just didn't know how to work on it at the time or do the teardowns and what, right, you know, what, right. that, what that applied yet. Is there, there aren't too many people that are smarter than Rob Hendrickson in the motorcycle industry. That's a good guy no. to learn from. No, there's not. And and it was nice too testing a little bit with Ziggy back in the day because uh, that the Monster Cup, like when we did uh uh what was it? You know, Monster Cup now when it was at the MGM. Yeah, US Open. Yeah. Yeah, the US Open. So uh that first or second year that I did or uh Ziggy did me a set of suspension for that. So I worked with Ziggy for a short time just for that. Oh, okay. Oh cool. Yeah, it was awesome at Factory Connection. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you were you down in SoCal for a while. When did you move back up there? Um, to start JMR really, um, in 2010, I just had an opportunity. It wasn't uh, something I was searching for. It just kind of happened. Uh, I got a call from, um, you know, a guy worked at the service department in Beaverton motorcycles. 
Uh, his name was Paul Faber, and then a couple of other buddies were working there, and they kind of shot me out an idea of what they wanted to do locally. And so I kind of was talking with a wife, and I didn't know if it was a smart thing to do or uh-huh. if it was something that we needed to change. Or and it was a you know it was about the time you know the economy was down, and you know it was something that was starting to come back a little bit back then, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, I think we needed a change and I'm yeah, always yeah. about a change. I can never settle like <laughs> with much. It seems like, like I always got to be doing, trying something different or something new or whatever the case is. Right. So, and here we are. I mean, we, uh, I, I spent two years away from my family. They stay in California, uh, to try to get it up and going. That was rough. I'd go home maybe once a month and, Jeez. and, uh, yeah, dude, it was, it was rough there for a while. I mean, it still was rough for even when I moved them back up here. Yeah. So, but this was the second time I moved her and and the kids up. The first time was with RG3 when we outsourced RG3 out at Motorsport Hillsboro with Scott Russell. Oh, okay, okay. So that last that went about a year, and then after that, I, I, we moved back. Back, and that's, okay. Yeah, we moved back and then moved down to Menifee and rented David Villeman's house. Actually, working with David uh, in 08 at the time when he had his factory Suzuki ride. I do not think of you as a SoCal guy, Jason. Maybe you are, but I don't think that's that's you. You know, it's okay. It was easier for me to move. Uh huh. And, but the problem I have is I like having all four seasons. And in California, there is none. Yeah. There's yeah. only, there's only two. And that's hot, <laughs> real hot. And like, yeah. or it gets cold and dusty and, and smoggy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's good. I'm glad things are going well. Business is doing okay despite the, the slowdown right now, you told me, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's not really slow, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's. I figured we would take a hit, and you know, I, I'm willing to like, you know, do whatever it took to help anybody I could. But you know, it's actually has gotten better. Like yeah. it's, it's, you know, and I just know everybody, you know, isn't working or if they got the time off. Hey, it's a good time to get everything done when the motocross season comes back and going again. So um, that's it's it's awesome. So I'll just stay at my little tiny house for a few days during the week. Go home for a night. Come back for a few more days, and you know, and, and keep going till you know yep. everybody's ready to ride. Um, oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Are you still riding much? Do you get out? Do you test it? Do you test the stuff? No, no man, I'm too fat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too. I'm just uh, no, I'm too heavy, man. I and I don't feel the need. Like I don't want to go out to out on the track. Uh-huh. And for my just to go have fun even and and feel everything jiggle and and jiggle around. I just hate it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, when I quit racing, I literally quit, quit. Like yeah, I didn't want to even ride yeah, anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to be around the sport anymore and that lasted 8 months. And then my wife and I got married, moved to California, here we are. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, no, I don't. I got I got a 125. Um that was at display uh motorsport. Um, it was it was the FMF Honda replica bike. Okay. For ninety eight. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, a buddy of mine, Josh Reed's original bike. Okay. So, but, but you know, we put a lot of good parts on that bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, nice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There were a lot of good parts that got onto Josh's bike when that when the That's uh, odd. semi was up here. Yeah, yeah. That semi when you, all you guys were up here and you guys, I think you went to Dave Riggs' house too at that time, didn't you, to build bikes? Uh, no. At that point, uh, I was working for Danny Smith. He got injured, and I was off the road. I had to go to Loretta's for the Quad Nationals and Loretta's for the Amateur Nationals. I was doing. I was back in California. Like I, yeah. Once Danny Smith got hurt early in the year, I was done for the for the season. 
Oh, okay, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember everybody came. Uh, yep. To, to the to Dave's house, and they were like building bikes out in the out in front of his house in the cul-de-sac. Yeah, it yeah. was quite funny seeing the race going down the road, seeing the semi sitting out of Dave's house, and hearing all these race. Bikes. Yeah, really, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, that's uh, that's funny. I'm glad things are going well for you that way, for sure. Um, and it's funny because Ryan Huffman, of course, running Washougal now. And uh, and you're based out of there, and it's just funny how you two just bang bars forever, and now you're both you know making a living in the industry and everything else. I think that that's pretty funny that you guys can't get away from each other no matter what you do. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, right? I mean, we spent uh, probably what ten to twelve years. Yeah, you know, being out, you know, being in California, or yeah, you know, just, he's doing what he's doing. But then we all came right back together. Him managing the track. Yep, yep. You know, I, I started my little business doing the suspension and the testing and yeah, and all that. And here we are, all back together again. And you know, I'm doing Ryan stuff for him. Yep, and um, I'm doing uh, you know Brendan's his sons and. You know, obviously Tommy Week. Yeah, and, Tommy. Yeah. yeah, Tommy's been a you know Tommy's been a real big one, uh, big tester for me. Like he, you know, I like to try new things and try okay. this and try that. Yep. And and Tommy's great. He's very picky, and 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 uh, very and and it was nice to have him, or even educate him even more, to be more picky because the pickier you are, then that means that's something else I can that is good or bad or change and I know where to change and that type of thing. So that it, on that aspect of things for me here, local mm-hmm. gives me a real big variety of, uh, an out, uh, outside on everything for just the average rider. Can you still bounce some stuff off Rob? You keep in touch with them. You can bounce some ideas off them. If you come up with something. Um, I haven't talked to Rob since, uh, gosh dang, it was Seattle 2014. I think it was okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I ran into him. I, you know, he was doing a lot. I think he was. Uh, I, he might have still been doing Suzuki stuff, or he might have been with uh, KTM doing stuff. I haven't seen him for a while, honestly. I'm not sure. I need to reach out to him and see how he's doing. Um, yeah, you know, and, you know, and I haven't. I haven't. You know, I just I'm busy with life. You know how yeah. a lot you just you got your kids, your wife. And yeah, you're, you're trying to run a small business, and then no, I haven't. No. Um. Okay, so let's go in the time machine a little bit. Let's go back. Uh, yeah, let's go back into into racing. So you've grown up, obviously, Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, strong racing community from Chuck Sun to the Larson brothers to Lance Smale, always fast guys. I'm probably forgetting some in there somewhere. But um, when do you remember, like, getting good on a motocross bike and thinking that this is what you want to do and you want to race and professionally and all that. Like, I don't remember you as an amateur McCormick, if you did really well at Loretta's or anything, but how did you amateur stuff start? Um, we went down, uh, see for the world mini, I think it was about 1984, I believe. Okay. Um, I started racing in 82, uh, may of 82, may or June of 82. And so after about 10 months of racing um, and, you know, racing PIR, you know, the local event here. Yeah. um, I went from a beginner, beginner to a 60 expert when they still had expert class then. Okay. And, you know, then we started venturing out and running Mulkey and, you know, Washugal and a few local tracks. And then that's when we met Ryan and the Huffman's. And, you know, he was doing the 50 thing and the 60 thing, but he was, you know, him and I at that time, uh, grew up and they were doing more of the traveling than we were in the beginning. 
but we he was fast and I was able to yeah. then get to his speed at a quick at a quick time at a quicker pace it seemed to yeah yeah so back in 84 we went to world minis uh, I believe that was in uh, at the time that was uh, in Orange County uh, what uh, what the heck was that back then saddleback saddleback oh wow okay yeah 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 so that was my first amateur national back then and i had one i was leading uh i think that i believe it was the stock class 60 stock class okay and jim and that was when jimmy button was there uh ezra lust was there and i was beating him i went like i, I went like a two one mm-hmm. and then i if and i was leading the third race and if i would have won it i would have got the championship over those guys yeah yeah and those were the top guys you know ezra had a team green he had a big old ride you Mm -hmm. know he was the man at cowie at the time button had a honda ride he was on his cr60 and my i crashed and my bike wouldn't start and my dad threw a fit (laughs) and cow and we were talking to kawasaki about getting a team green ride yeah at, during that because i was beating their guys yeah i mean so, those guys were huge back then yeah for sure they were mm-hmm. yeah and so you know i kind of lost that so in 88 is when um i got my team green ride so okay. i was on a you know yeah getting off it was right after loretta's i had won the 60 stock class mm-hmm. at loretta's and i beat ezra uh lusk in the 60 stock class okay and and i think i got second in the mod that year and you know, like fourth and fifth in the eighty class because we rode also eighty. See, that's back when we can ride, you know, four or five classes. Yeah. Now you can only ride two. Right. So I mean, we were multitasking for sure. <laughs> what you you, what'd your dad do for a living? Uh, he was kind of everything. He okay. was a millwright, millwright, a millwright, and well, you know, millwright at trait welder. I mean, he was kind of a jack of all trades, really. Okay. He, you know, he was the guy that a lot of people would come to and help work on bikes and yeah you know he, he had his you know they had their fun weekend we all had our fun weekends and so he had his you know buddy crowd that got together every weekend at the track and you know throw down beers and they party my dad when the their group got together it was party it oh was yeah like party on <laughs> yeah um so you were okay so yeah I, you were pretty fast then as an amateur i just don't remember that but it sounds like yeah you were you were on point. Now, are you and Ryan racing together? Is he a little ahead of you? Is he same class? Um, we raced. No, we raced in the same class. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we did. He, uh, you know, that that's the same year, too. He was actually uh, young enough still to even ride that 50 mod. He had some jacked up 50, dude, that had a, that, like these 50 nowadays, like the KTM. Yeah, yeah. And the Huskies. Dude, that's what his 50 was back then as a from a YZ. Just all done up, just totally. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. sick. It was pretty badass. Like okay. it, Ralph just bought Ralph spent the money to buy pretty badass stuff yep. for Ryan. Did they have so, Washugal then? Was it or were they doing something else? I don't know when they got Washugal. No, I'm not exactly no, sure. At that time they were running Clark's branch down in Roseburg. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I can't remember the exact year right. when Ralph Ralph so Ralph went partners with Leeches at the time to buy Washugal and then, you know, then that you know, Ralph then solely bought it right. uh, from that point. But you know, gosh dang, dude, it's got to be early '90s, I would assume. Yep. Did if, if I remember right, because I remember working up here and built helping build the old amateur start. My dad and I built that whole starting. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, like my dad and I built that. So it's 
You know, and that's about the time, I think, when Ralph was buying. I think he was buying it or something like that. Did you always – how far did you live from Washougal growing up? You know, most – you know, I think maybe the farthest was maybe a half an hour away out of Battleground. Okay, yeah, yeah. There. So that's your track growing up. I mean, we're going to get into yeah. – you're gonna, we're going to get into your results there at the Nationals and stuff, of course. But but you've always always ridden that place just your whole your whole life. Oh, yeah, yeah all yeah. the time. I, yeah. yeah, I used to come up here during the week and pound some laps and motos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a nice nice way to get quick too. Um on a national <laughs> level track. So, okay, yep. so you get a team green ride in 88. Uh and then at that point are you like, "Hey, I, I want to make a living at motocross. Like I, I want to do this. This is what I want to do." Yeah, it that. was that, Yeah, it was. For me, I guess that's all I wanted to do then. I mean, I really wanted to play soccer. Soccer was like something I really wanted to do, but I mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Um, we started doing a lot more traveling, but it was the only reason I was able to do a lot of the stuff that I did was because of Ralph and Carolyn, because we ended up, you know, traveling with them. So when, you know, we didn't have the money, we didn't, you know, there, if it wasn't for them supporting what, you know, for me to go, uh-huh. I would have never done any of it ever. Oh, really? Huh? So, okay. No so way. yeah, R- Ralph. No, no, we'd have never done it. So, you know, it was, um, Something that I was thankful for, and, and I, at a young age, I wanted to show that the, the appreciation and the thank you for Ralph and Carolyn, and for my parents too. I mean, mm-hmm. my parents sacrificed a lot of what they could do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in '88, and then '89, uh, um, or no, '87 is when I won that the '65 stock. Okay. And then, uh, you know years go by i got three titles at loretta's and one is the schoolboy class and the 250 intermediate okay all right so yeah you're, you're on the way you're you're getting support from cowie and all of that yeah so i have my team green ride in 88 89 um then i just went through that growing spurt and dude i was on my head all the time <laughs> seriously i was yeah. so at 14 then i got on a 125 okay so Ralph helped with that. He got me two 125s for a while, and then Ralph bought me even a 250, uh, even a 250. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Ryan moved up, and we're moved up, and Ralph was, a, like I say, Ralph and Carolyn were huge supporters. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And supporting me for many, many years. Oh, that's awesome. Do you remember a yeah. guy named Danny Alvin? Used to race? Oh, yeah. yeah Danny. Oh, heck yeah. I miss Danny. Yeah, he was fast, man. He's a little bit ahead of you, I would have guessed, but uh, he came up to Canada in 88 and kicked our asses at the at the Loretta Lins of Canada. And, uh, and then, uh, dude, he whole shot Washougal one year and stuff. Yeah, he was really fast. So Yeah, uh, he was. He was. So I did a little traveling with him, too, when, did you? You know, when I turned pro. Yeah. Um, My first... Yeah, him and I traveled to California for like maybe a week or two. And oh, okay. So you really make your mark. 93, is that your first year pro? First year pro. Okay. And yes. So was. you're on a Honda 500. And uh, for me, as a guy that just following the series, 1993, I'm still up in Canada. And I mean, you get sixth at Broome, you get eighth at Washougal. Like, I, to me, this came out of nowhere. Uh, what Did you ride Supercross a little bit that year? Did you race some 250 Nationals or what did you do? No. It, so when I found out, when I found out that 93 was going to be the last year of the, C, the 500 Nationals. Uh huh. That was something I always wanted to do, you know, watching Ward and Johnson and, yeah. and all these guys, Johnny Amara and, and everyone on these big old bikes. And just the sound of that's like, dude, I want to be on that. I want to be like that. <laughs> and about so a 500, I, right. Yeah. And so it took a lot to actually kind of make that happen. You know, talking my parents into it for one. I was 17. Yeah. You know, I was 17 years old, trying to talk to them, dude, this is the 500 National. Like, this is 
you know, this is it. This yeah. is, they're, they're not going to be anymore. And I had to convince Bones at Pro Circuit, and I had to convince uh, Mitch Payton. Okay. Because they helped, they were, they, Mitch built the motor, Bones did the suspension. And so we had, you know, it was a collaboration of a lot of people saying, okay. <laughs> so, so you were, you were off Cowies at this point. You, you decided to oh, yeah. ride Hondas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. on Hondas in uh, 90. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you stayed on Hondas, right? Got it. So, stayed on Hondas, yeah. Um, I mean, look, obviously, Washugo is your home track and all of that, but yep. you got eighth overall at your first ever national. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that was your first national, right? Ever? That was, yeah, that, that was my first first ever national was 93, and it and, was on the 500. And you got yeah. fourth in the first moto. <laughs> yeah, and I do it. Yeah, I was running third the whole race until the last two laps Stanton got me. Uh, you were like, uh, oh, shit, this, is, this shit's easy. <laughs> yeah. I got it this. Easy. It just happened, like, when you – it's one of those things when you when you I I thrive on pressure uh-huh. and excitement so I'm yeah, not yeah. that person that will b- fold under pressure. Yeah. I I strive under like I there's some about pressure for me that always I always uh overcame it yeah. and used it for me to do something with yeah. it. So I never buckled under it at all ever. Fans are going nuts. Do you remember that? They probably were so stoked. Oh yes. Yeah. But that's what helps. Like yeah, yeah. I can hear them and you can see them and it's like right. it's that energizer. It keeps you like in that mental mind like dude, I'm freaking all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh Smale still beats you in the overall though because you had a bad second moto. You got 12th in the second moto, but uh Yeah, I crashed. I yeah. But but dude, when you look at that, like I look at that and I'm just like I mean again, home track but then two weeks later at Broom, you get sixth overall. You go five seven. Yes. Like, that's way legit. So you'd have been stoked. I was stoked, yeah, because it wasn't home. Yeah, exactly and right. It was. It wasn't home, and it was. It, but it was a track that I always. Uh, oh gosh, it just adapt. I adapted to it because you know not being there ever for you know that was the first time. But something about that dirt and something about how rough it got is mm-hmm. it suited me. You you rode one twenty fives forever after this, but did you ride five yeah. hundreds a lot? Did were you good on a five hundred? Like, did you like it? Did you enjoy it? So we, oh yeah. yeah. So we so basically that it was about ninety two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the series up here at the time called you know the Pack West. Yeah, series. yeah. So Ryan and I would run the one twenty five and two fifty, but then you know when I was trying to convince everybody on the five hundred, um. Uh, Hillsboro Motorcycle at the time when Gary Rowe owned it got me a 500. Okay. So he he demoed one for me. Yeah, yeah. And so I had a 500 actually. I probably when I was what 16, turning 17 or turning 15 to 16 is when I had one. Yeah. So and we would do the Pack West on. So I ran three classes a lot of the times during our local series to make a lot of contingency money to help pay for parts or whatever. Yeah. You know, like what everybody does. Right. Right. So I was back. I've been riding it for probably a good solid year or so. Yeah, I I had one. I had all three bikes too. Hondas right around that time. But I and I practiced on the five hundred a lot because I didn't want to wear out the other bikes. Right. So I would just yeah. ride the five hundred during the week. Uh, I was like, I'll just think, I'll leave this thing in third gear and just you know ride around this track. So it was yeah. Well, pretty... and, and you know at first we, the five hundred was a training tool. Like my mentality was, if I can ride something that big and that much power and gain the strength. Uh, and be able to ride that. Yeah. What, what is it? What is it going to do for me when I get on a two fifty and a one twenty five? I want to be like I can manhandle the crap out of it, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. what I thought. I thought about that even back then. 
So not anybody training me, nobody telling me right. that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, smart, smart. So you know, and I was thinking Loretta's, I was thinking Ponca, I was thinking all these amateur events. You know, before I turned pro, that I wanted to be like be able to last in the heat. I wanted to be able to be strong. So, and that's kind of my mentality on that 500, really. Right. But then it just it transpired into the 500 national because that was the last year in. Yeah, and it just made sense to, to me in my mind. So, did two top tens and three nationals get you any help for ninety four? Oh no, no, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. No, you know what it did for me? It was it helped with sponsors. Like I, yeah, you know, gears and tires and yeah. you know, you name it, whatever graphics. Are you running UFO like at this point? Are you are you UFO guy still? Right at this point, uh, I think see. gear. Oh four, so no ninety four. I was UFO, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was the yep. first year, first year UFO. Yeah, and yeah, I think I was what national number forty one even because the points carried over from the five hundred to yeah. one twenty five. So they you it wasn't just divided from one twenty five to two fifty or however they do it. Yeah, it was just you got your total points. That's the number you are. Yeah, exactly. No, that's I, I almost, almost wish they went back to that that way a little bit. Um, it simplifies it to me. In '94, you only raced three races. Did you get hurt? No, I just we couldn't afford it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's couldn't crazy. afford it. Yeah, so you did yeah. Steel City, Washougal, and Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. Yeah. And, and that's when I uh, got to know Bill. And okay. Jeff and Bill's pipe. Okay. Because the following year in '95, I stayed down at Bill's for gosh, all winter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, probably from like October to at least May or May to June. Okay, living with Bill, and I did that for two two solid years. Okay, and so what helped was, um, you know, Jeff Jeff and Bill were really involved with Factory Honda then. Yeah, so they're doing Lammy uh, Lampsons and Henry's bikes, mm-hmm. and they're doing all the dyno testing, all the motor testing. Well, I was a big part of their testing program then. That's how that a lot of that transpired for me to go to California and then understand more, be able to train more and then understand motors. And then it's like, oh, my God, dude, imagine if I had a motor that I could race and be competitive with. Yeah. You know, and it was great. That's how I got to meet a lot of those guys. Yeah. I met Cliff White. That's how I yeah, met Cliff, Cliff White at Honda. Mike Hooker. Yeah. You would have met Mike Hooker back then, too. And Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I met them all at the Supercross track because I did pre-testing for them out at the honda track oh okay i didn't know that okay no yeah nobody knew so, that so what were you doing in 95 were you just in a pickup in a van or what were you doing oh yeah i drove my yeah i drove Dr- drove my truck down there okay all right. bill, so that's yeah, all yeah. i had yeah. Uh, bill had a room yeah bill had a room and mm-hmm. and you know him and his wife took me in and you know it was like it was just like going to a, you know family's house yeah, and, yeah. And they were they are so awesome you know bill you know how nice bill and quiet bill is it's yeah. like he's just so awesome you uh, you got third at Washougal. Mike Brown yeah. won. You got third. What do you remember about that day? Remember about that day was uh, oh boy, there was a party afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, that. It was uh, it was amazing, dude. It, it was like I was playing all these factors in my head, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like I knew where I had to be, and as long as I got good starts which I did yeah. that, you know, as long as I keep a steady pace and don't buckle and it, everything, it would be fine. And so and that's about the time that was about the year. I think that's the same year that they started doing a privateer awards thing for mm-hmm. each national. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then what uh, my mom was telling me that there were people left and right going up there and donating for a travel fund to go and finish off the nationals. Like, uh, oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They were, it was only a couple hundred bucks. And then when I, I guess when I was on the second moto and yeah. I had the top privateer pretty much wrapped up as long as I don't land on my head. Yeah, people, I guess, were going up there and donating, donating. I guess. <laughs> nice. And she told me this later, like afterwards, yeah, right. whenever it was all said and done. So. And I was able to go and finish the rest of the nationals. Yeah. That year. Did you did you get uh, some help from Honda at all? Like just backdoor yeah. stuff, like parts. And back, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Did, I got some backdoor stuff. I got dude. My motors were awesome. Bill and Jeff did the motors. Right. And Cliff, you know, Cliff would Cliff, you know, threw down, you know, some some parts. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they helped. We had we there were some other little trick things that you know they they were doing that I had and made sure that they weren't on the bike when the bike got sold. So that got all that <laughs> got sent back to Honda. Yep. So at the privateer, I did get a few things and, you know, it wasn't a lot, but it, it was something that it definitely was a beneficial. Right. Right. Oh, that's good. Know? Yeah. I mean, Cliff's Cliff's the smartest guy out there. He's super, super smart. So yeah. Yeah. He is. Uh, and Mike, and Hook, yeah. Mike. Yeah. And hook too. Right. Yeah. Hooker building pipes. Um, 96 Kawasaki, you team up with my buddy for net. Well, do you get Cowie help? Does a dealership up there step up? Why do you switch to Cowie's? Well, that was at the time. So that was for uh, Danny Olven, actually, oh. for for Olven Forging. Okay. Oh, and that so was that's... just for the West Coast Supercross. It wasn't anything because, you know, they were kind of wanting to do their own little program team thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, Dan- and Danny was hurt. Uh, you know, Danny was hurt. He couldn't race. And um, so they just kind of asked me if I wanted to ride some Cowies for the West Coast. And, yeah, I said, heck, yeah. So I, I did. You know, I don't think I did very well, but um, – did you so I, did you meet Fernet beforehand, or how did that? I know Fernet came together with Danny somehow, but how did that get you two were in a box van together? Yeah, we uh, so Fernet came down in a like a cargo van, right, right. Yeah, so he was just like in a cargo van, and I just I think I met him down in California actually. Okay. Um, yeah, and I know Danny was uh, you know the Olvens helped him out. I know they stayed it with Danny, yeah. or he stayed with Danny for quite a while, and then. You know, Fernet and I just started riding together. Dude, that kid, that guy was just awesome. He's super nice. He's one of a kind, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He, he's like a spaz, but he's a super rad, nice yeah. guy that I met. Yeah. From Canada. Yeah. He's, I was like, dude, you're awesome. Like, we just, we, we just, we just hit it off. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were in a box fan together. It was all tricked yeah. out. And uh, you probably don't remember this, but I worked for you at High Point that year. You, you, uh, in 96? Yes. 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 Because uh, I needed help. You need. I. I. Fernet. <laughs> and I were buddies. We used to race against each other. Yeah. I came down to try to be a mechanic. You know, from Canada, I want to be a professional mechanic because I failed as a racer. And uh, Fernet was like, "Well, I don't have any money, but McCormick, who I'm traveling with, and I'd heard of you, I'd never met you. McCormick might need somebody for the race day." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" So we met, and you were like, "Yeah, hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks. I don't even remember a hundred bucks, whatever it was." Your bike was already done. I just had to like gas it, change filter, you know that kind of stuff. Um, basically, basically, babysit me at the gate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and you went fourteen fourteen. I remember that, and I remember just being like, "This is awesome. This is so awesome. This is what I want to do the rest of my life." Like I was so stoked, and you were the first guy I ever worked for. So, oh wow! Dude, yeah, I realized that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, and then and then uh, I was like, "Hey, let's." Let's race. Uh, let's. Can I keep working for you? And you were like, "No, I'm going home. I'm not. I'm not doing the rest of the nationals." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so bummed." But but I remember like being down there with all the you know Gosler and all these guys and just being like, "Yeah," and like you were good. Fourteen fourteen is legit. And uh, 
And I remember thinking, like, this is so cool. This is amazing. So, yeah, McCormick, you were it. You were the, you were the gateway for me to be a mechanic. Oh, wow. That's so awesome, dude. And yeah. then we ended up on the same team in 98. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then two years later, we're on the same team. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was fun. Fernet was, uh, God, he was a piece of work, man. The stories that I have with him, the ones that I, I can't even tell on the air, but oh, God. Um, I can only imagine. I can imagine with that guy. Yeah, he was great. That year, yeah. he, he was killing it that year. 250 Nationals. He was doing really well, just outside the top 10. And uh, he tried to jump LaRocco's leap in the mud cased it tore his thumb ligaments all the shit and that was it but but he, that was it that's that was the the kind of the ending factor for him wasn't it? yeah yeah it started having a lot of thumb problems that but that year but man he i think he got 11th at hangtown or something that year but he, he was yeah. doing a good job um the next year 97 you're on a yamaha you're number 52 yeah. and dude uh who's doing your motors who is that guy what was that guy's name mike uh, velasco dude they were sick they were. <laughs> you were whole shotting the shit out of races on that thing. Yeah, that. Uh, gosh, dude, that bike was amazing. Yeah. The only downfall about that whole thing okay. was it has nothing to do with you know Ross and Enzo or anything with those guys. But the thing was, is that bike was so fast. <laughs> I'm able to hang on to it. The suspension worked till probably halfway mark. Yeah. Either it faded too much and that bike was so powerful, dude, it just it didn't gel very well but after half halfway to the end. Yeah, yeah. And I was only able to hang on to it for so <laughs> thick along. Like I think my best was to last lasting I used to carry Put a, uh, a watch on my crossbar pad with a Velcro strap, uh-huh. and I would always know and time myself at a certain time by looking at it. Yeah, and it was always about the twenty to twenty-five mark, minute mark, and I knew like, oh my god, dude, I'm going to be done. <laughs> I can't hang on. <laughs> well, no, the bike, yeah, because the bike was so fast. Yeah, yeah. But the suspension worked worked really well, but only to a point, dude. Yeah. It was after half about halfway, then it was it was just all over the place. Like, um. I just think the bike was so fast that yeah. it was just the combination wasn't clicking. I think if I actually actually did testing it back in '97, yeah, the, that whole package would have been different. Like I left would have left a motor package, but the suspension and right. working with Ross would have been a lot better. Uh, yeah, it was a good bike. The '97 Yamaha 250 was a good bike for sure too. And then, uh, oh yeah, dude, you you pulled so many starts. Oh my God, McCormick, you were up front all the time. UFO gear, like Ryan. 52. It was great. Yeah, I almost felt like Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, right? Um, yeah, that was that was good. That that was a that was a fast bike. Ninth at Washougal, of course, uh, that year. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I worked for Ty Birdwell, so I got a job with Birdwell the next year through Fournette. Remember him? Yep. And uh, yeah, he's local. He was local here. Yeah, and he got Velasco to do the motor, and I remember. We went there, and I was like, "Oh, dude, McCormick's bike is so sick. It's it sounded sick too. Remember how throaty it sounded? Remember, just I, I don't know how much compression you had in that thing. It just sounded so badass. And Velasco was like, "I'm not going to give you the McCormick stuff." And we're, we rode Cowie. He's not saying bike. And and we we're like, "What do you mean?" And I remember him saying, "Like, you don't have enough money for the McCormick stuff. Like, like what what I do for Jason was like special." <laughs> and we were like, "What?" Give us the McCormick setup. I remember it was something like that. It was funny. Um, Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so '98, you got an FMF Honda ride. How does that come yeah. about? Who 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 approaches you? When does that when does that come together? Okay, so I'm gonna go back to '97 real quick. Yeah. So you know, I did. Uh, you know, back then we were able to. 
do 125 and 250 in Supercross. Remember then? We yeah. Can, you can ride whether or not you're doing East or West, but you're able to double up and ride the 250 class mm-hmm. also. So I did that a lot first off the first part of the year. Yep. I did 125 and 250 Supercross. Um, so we went to uh, – you know, it was um, Gainesville. You know, they ran Gainesville about in the middle of Supercross yeah. season, yep. the first outdoor round. Yep. So, you know, it was a, it was a chore getting there. I, we had rig troubles. We, you know, Billy Binkley and I traveled together. Oh, Billy we, Binkley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we traveled together. My van broke down. His dad came and saved us. We finally make it. But, dude, we were going on, like, over 30 hours nonstop <laughs> just to make it. And we made it on practice day. Okay. So, um, so you know, uh, that I did not have a Velasco motor yet. Okay. Okay, so... This is, this was to practice bike blew up or no race bike blew up. <laughs> yep. And then I had to put a practice motor in that to finish the weekend. And I, I finished 10th in the first outdoor. Yeah. So that was the time I, I pretty much was going to quit. That was when my dad died was like that weekend. Oh, Not, was it really? I, yeah. It was that weekend being in Gainesville is when my dad was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a call. I called. I was so excited. I wanted to call my dad, and and, and then I got the news. Mm-hmm. I was literally, yeah, I was literally going to quit. I was like, I was done. I, didn't, you know, he was my ride or die. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I depended on on him for everything, like all us kids do and teenagers do. When your dad mm-hmm. does pretty much everything. Yeah. So you know, I was on a I was at a crossroads, man, and um, I have to say, thank I. You know, what saved me was Doug Henry, really. Because uh, he he pretty much uh, he pretty that's he pretty much forced me to come and uh, stay at his place. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I had stayed there actually at Doug's. You met and, him through bills and all that back then. I, yes. I would guess, yeah. yeah. Yes, I went to Doug's the pre uh, like in ninety six, no ninety five. I stayed at Doug's, and that's how I started learning how to train. Yep. Like I, you know, I didn't know how to. You know, I just rode. All I did was laps. That's all I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how, you know, and then, you know, that's how that 97 transpired was really because of Doug and, and then, and getting kind of trying to get my mind right. Really, yep, you know, yep. and my mind was never right. Not for the longest time. You know, I was, I, I went from this happy go lucky joking dude to mm-hmm. somebody pissed off all the time and started hating people started just, I was, I had that hatred a lot. So I don't know whether I just channeled it to, to you know, race and, and when I got on the, you know, throughout the 97 season, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I was just by myself. I just took my dog and I and left. Went to Doug's and, and then, you know, we had a really successful outdoor season. Yeah. For a, a privateer. Yep. I got top privateer that year. And I think, and then talking with a few of the guys at uh, FMF that were forming that team that uh, for the following year, uh, what it was, um, Danny Laporte, yeah, and yeah, and it was uh, Bo- uh, Bobby Moore. Yeah, Bobby Moore's manager. Yep. So I talked to them there. Okay, so I talked to them at Millville and at the National, and uh, originally they had approached Ryan first. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, they approached Ryan first, and then um, uh, he decided to take the Suzuki, the primal. Yeah, he first. he was crushing it on Tom Morgan Cowie, number forty-seven. Just, yeah, yeah. You guys together actually both were like 
really good privateers. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan like really got top privateer and supercross that year, and I got it for outdoor. Yeah. I, what, you know what I mean? Like he got supercross, I got yeah. outdoor. Yeah. The dude, two dudes from the northwest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was that was cool, and and Ryan, I've told this story a few times. That year in supercross, I was working for Birdwell, uh, and dude, Ryan would jump stuff before factory guys would for reals. I saw it. Like he would bust stuff out. You're like, holy shit. Like, dude, he was good jumper, man. He was. Yeah. You know, it's funny about that is I'd always let I'd always make sure to have him jump something first before I would do it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he can do it, that means I can. Right, do it. Right, right. You're like, hey, try this out. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> he was my guinea pig. Um. So okay. So yeah, Ryan was going to Primal. So then FMF. Came yeah. To, so you know. yeah. So that's how that actually then transpired because Ryan decided he wanted to uh, go to the Suzuki, the Primal deal, uh, with Roger DeCoster at the time. Yeah. And so then that's how I got my FMF ride because then it was either Ryan or me. So if Ryan did that, then I was going to have the FMF ride. Mm-hmm. Really, that's the only thing I had. So if Ryan took the FMF ride, I probably wouldn't have had a ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, so bittersweet for you. Your dad passes away, and you get this Honda factory ride ish. Yeah. You know that's that sucks yeah. a little bit, but you finally get rewarded. You know for your efforts. Right. Um, it was always a dream come true. We always talked about it. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine. Right. Um, yeah. Now I w- I didn't join the team till later on. Uh, the two mechanics got fired, and that was a shit show. And uh, and Tell me me, me and Dave got hired. Dave Riggs, your buddy. Uh, yeah. We got hired at the same time. Um, and I remember they said to me, "Do you want to work for Danny Smith or Jason McCormick?" And I was like, "I'll I'll work for Jason McCormick because I worked for him before." And they were like, "Oh, you can't." And uh, the next day they were like, "You can't." And I'm like, "Okay, all right, forget it." <laughs> I thought you gave me a choice, but I guess not. But then I was like, oh, "I'll pick Danny." You know, um, yeah, and that's and then we came on the team and and first of all, ninety eight Hondas, aluminum frame, not very fast, not very good bikes. <laughs> you know, no. I mean, God, I remember Varner was our motor guy, Mike Hooker was there. Uh, Hooker would always tell us to jet the bikes one way. Varner would tell us to jet the bikes the other way. Sheik Sheik hated Bobby Moore, uh, always fighting, always arguing. I mean, it was a dysfunctional team, wasn't it? Jason it was for it supposed to be the factory 125 team it was very dysfunctional yeah yeah I mean that's really you know, what it was supposed to be yeah 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 you know when we went to Honda uh, you know I don't know if you went well no you didn't have the meeting with Honda at the time with us no we all went to Honda and we sat down and this was the 125 factory team and, and you know then what and we're you know at that point you're like fuck it bitching dude yeah we're gonna have the shit man <laughs> you know what i mean we're gonna yeah. have the shit peak peak and, pro circuit lamps and henry this is gonna be amazing right yeah 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 oh exactly all i thought about dude is we're gonna have motors like that because i know what those motors were back in 95 and 96 yep. because yep. i was part of that r&d yeah yeah so i'm thinking in my head at this point like dude we're gonna have that shit it's gonna be so bitching <laughs> and it turns out the Freaking 85s are faster than our Dude, bikes. Dude, it wasn't good. The, the aluminum frame choked off the air boot and uh, didn't, and it was a weird, funky uh, sucking of the air through the through the intake. And yeah, dude, we had to find the 95 cylinders. Um, it was, boy, they weren't good. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny about funny about all that. All that was, is, you know, Bobby Moore would jump on the bike. I mean, that guy can ride a dirt. Yeah, he was fast. Time. Yeah, he still was fast after he retired. Yes, came yes, back he was. Europe, right. Yep. He still hauled ass. He was. He was faster. Still, he was faster than all of us. Yes, I remember Gorman one day. We were all out of Gorman, and he was fastest guy out of everybody. And Sheik lost. Oh, yeah, him, he and was. Sheik, Sheik lost his mind. Yeah. 
I was like, dude, this is bitching. Now I have <laughs> I, our freaking team managers are faster than us. I guess yeah. we better get our shit out, our head of our ass. Right. But like, you know, I I told these guys numerous times, even Bobby. And I said, Bobby, these bikes are the worst bikes I've ever ridden. I'm going to be honest with you. This is not what I expected a factory team to yeah, be like. Yeah. And I was honest with him. I said, he goes, yeah, but I can ride it. I said, but dude, your riding ability is so much is so much farther than ours, it seems like. Yeah. And you're retired. Yeah. I mean, you were experienced so much stuff. I'm still like this young kid still. You know, and he goes, well, you should be faster than I am. I said, I get it. I, I understand that's we should be but we're not and i'm not comfortable with this bike i think the bike sucks and and i know what testing a couple years ago with cliff and these guys yeah yeah see see, you were coming from a different spot like you knew the bike you knew what the what what the honda's 125s could be right yeah and i don't know how much i was doing all the testing up there at the supercross track and then we went to hpcc Mm -hmm. and did all the testing there i'm like dude this is a little better but i kept telling cliff so I would try to get my cooker aside away from Varner. Yeah, yeah. Because we all Varner, it, 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 like it was like the the they couldn't put a helmet on his head. Yeah, it was I, so big. It it it, it was a and be, imagine being a mechanic like Varner would be and be like, "Hey, what main do you have on your bike?" You'd be like, "Uh, one seventy two. Why do you have a one seventy two in? Because my cooker told me to put a one seventy eight in." And you're like, uh, "Okay." And then hooker comes by. Jet your bike. Why do you have a 178? Because Varner told me to. And then you're just like, oh, fuck my life. Like as a mechanic, you're like, these guys hate yeah. each other. You know? So I know they did. They did too. Oh, and totally. Also, because yeah. apparently, apparently, Cliff said, this is what I heard from somebody at the team. Cliff said, here's Lamson's motor. Do this. And Varner was like, nah, I got this. I got it. <laughs> it didn't work. So no, and it, and it didn't work out that way. No. And I told Mike, and I told Mike, I said, dude, Mike Hooker, I'm like, this is not working. Yeah. There is no way in hell. I said, you know what? You know, I rem- I know what we tested two years ago when I when we did the stuff with Bill and all this stuff. And I know what those motors are heels. I know that. I said, this is nowhere even on the same planet. This is not even competitive. So I don't even know how, like, yeah. how this is going to turn out once the season starts. We're not going to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, and, 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 and to move on from that, you know. So here we we start the season, you know. I ended up like what a fifth at uh, at the Coliseum. Yeah, fifth no, the opening yeah. round. Yeah, fifth the yeah, first fifth round. Yeah, fifth the opening round. Yeah. Ran fourth for a while. Um, you know, fifth. I mean, we had some good rides, but it was dude literally having to ride the bike so much differently than you normally would. Yeah, one twenty five. Um, and and also to be fair to Varner, the the aluminum frame jacked up the motor as well. The you know when you were riding, they were steel framed and they had you know a little bit different design, but still, they did. It, well, we yeah, well then we ran two fifty boots. Right. Um. Yeah. Didn't yeah. So your mechanic got fired along with Brent Myron at some point, right? The two yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. They got in a fight well, or something. They headbutted each other. I don't remember, but that's how mean Dave got hired. Well, okay. So my mechanic, he got fired because he was snorting coke. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he was doing. Yeah, he was he was high all the time, and he came from Brazil. He was a yeah, he's from Brazil, right? Yeah, so he got let go, and that's when Dave came. Yeah, and and and, um, and we got hired the same time because this the, the your guy and my guy and Brett Myron got in a fight or something. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So Brett and Brett ended uh, Brett ended up getting fired. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's when yeah. So that was like through mid 
what supercross. Yeah, midway through supercross, we both came on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you didn't know this, Steve. So we were already in talk with Varner, or not Varner, but uh, Mike Velasco. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the side note, nobody even knew it. Not even Dean. You know, Dean Gibson was the mechanic. Yeah, at the yeah. Time. Dean worked for Ping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, all you guys, didn't even know this at all, unless unless you finally figured it out during the outdoors. But um, we said I had two like two practice bikes. Okay. Yeah. And so I sent both of those motors. Both of those motors to uh, Velasco. Oh no way! Both of them. <laughs> yeah, both of them with extra cylinders, extra heads. Every I have, I bought extra stuff just to have. So when the when you guys were in the semi, and you guys were back east, remember the shop you guys had yeah, in, in Ohio? Ohio? Yeah, yeah. By Brock, by yeah. Brock Sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had Dave and I had spare cylinders, heads, all that stuff to build the motor, thinking it was still FMF Honda motor, which none of it was. And I remember sitting there when we were running it. All you guys look over at us because ours was the only one that sounded totally different from everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember that now. I didn't know what was going on, but something shady was going on. Because, yeah, the way Dave would build his bike, he wouldn't put his motor in. Or, or like, I don't remember. Like, he was, he would put his motor in at a different time than other people or he would like i remember there was something going on yeah not one part there not one part of that motor was a velasco when, or not uh, uh an fmf motor. when did you switch that when what what time was that when was that that was towards the end of supercross and did anybody catch you did anybody know nope not one person unless dave said something to like dean i know i know dave and dean became pretty good buddies right right you know um and so I really don't know if Dean knew about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I know nobody knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we almost got caught because we were at, we were, God, we were, we were at, I think, Binghamton. And we, uh, Dave, was, Dave was doing some jetting and we got it, got it on, dude. Like that thing sounded uh-huh. Yeah. And Varner comes over and goes, dude, what do you have in that? They told me the story. He goes, what do you have in there? He goes, ah, just, you know, whatever, trying to get this, you know, like a 168 or or whatever, you know, this needle. And he goes, oh, no, dude, you got to put this, this, and this. So Dave acted like he got it, put it in, and then didn't put it in, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, but you can clearly say, he goes, he goes, Jay, he goes like this. He goes, Jay, we have, I have everybody looking at me. I even have the Honda guys looking at me funny because they know that's not the motor. Yeah. We almost literally were called out, almost got caught. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I, yeah, I, I remember some us going, what's going on with that? Like something's going on, but maybe I just thought it was a cylinder, maybe not a whole motor, but I do remember no, that now. No, it was the whole motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the whole thing, dude. Oh, Bottom that's man, funny. You name it. That's funny. Um, because then, but then, Steve, we had the motors from the that were in the race bike, then sent to me, Dave sent them to me to put in the practice bikes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and then, uh, well, and again, the next year, Volan get show. No, Volan goes maybe two thousand. Volan rides FMF Honda, and at some point, Volan gets no. motors from Italy and just drops he, them in. You know, yeah, no, he was there in ninety nine. Okay, ninety nine. So yeah, he just yeah. gets motors from Italy. He's he's so fed up, he just does what you did, I guess, and gets oh, motors he, from Italy. Yeah, really, that's awesome. That's crazy. I I would assume he would have connections. Too, yeah, because yeah. He was kicking yeah. ass, dude. His bikes were fast. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, it was uh, it was an F, but, you know, an FMF and Donnie Emler Jr. is a good friend of mine, and they weren't ready. They weren't ready at all to do it. They they were behind. They they you know, 
it was a combination of that, a combination of of a bad production bike, and 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 yeah, it was. No, not your agree with you. Yeah. That chassis really jacked that whole thing up. It really did. Yeah, but you um, know, did you, so in '99 you didn't stay there. You went to Planet. Yeah, I went to Planet. So right. I I literally wanted off the yeah. FMF. <laughs> Dude, and, yeah. you know and that sucks because i know that, right totally it sucked because that's factory honda like you don't you want to stay with fact you know factory honda it's like honda you know yeah and, dude i know, got I there as a mechanic and i was like what the hell is going on here at one point fmf told me hey you know you, you got the job uh, come to california we got a house for you to stay in uh you can stay in this house and everything else and i show up at the house it's full of south africans there's no room for me i'm sleeping in the race shop on an air mattress and I'm like thinking, this is F- this is factory Honda 125 team, really? I'm on a, I'm on an air mattress. Like I got, you know, I'm just like, oh my god, it was brutal. Now, did you and Dave do that in the shop? Yes, did, yeah, Dave stayed there too. I, yep, yep. That was rough, dude. Those were some rough times, even in Ohio. Yeah, you know, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. no, exactly. Uh, so, so Planet 99. Planet Honda calls you. Yeah, so 99. I worked that deal out with Planet Honda and Chuck. Uh, that was going to be their first year too. Was in 99. Yep. So I was like, oh, shit, another first-year team, blah, blah, blah. But at least it's Honda. Yeah. Did you know, you... so that was the satellite team. It wasn't a factory team, but it yeah. was a satellite team. Even though I did get a few more parts, you know, from from Cliff and, and from those guys. But um, Varner was going to be doing the motors, and I told Chuck, who owned the team, I said, no effing way, dude. <laughs> I'm starting. I said, this is how I got to do it. And this is, I explained to him what we did. Yeah. I said, yeah. I had to have either Velasco do it or having Bill's pipe do it. Right? Yeah. Or Bill's. Bill. Yeah. 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 We still had to run the FMF pipes and all that stuff. So I, ha- I had sent uh, a pipe and silencer that I thought worked the best for me mm-hmm. to, uh, to um, Mike Velasco. Okay. So my bikes were good. Yeah, all year, all year long, those bikes are good. Dave, Dave did a good job on them. They're always, always tuned. I mean, they were. That was my best year, to be honest. That was my best year. Started off okay. Yeah, I wasn't always the Supercross rider, dude. Like, right. I had to work extremely hard in Supercross, even though, like, I like to jump, I like the rhythm. It just never came to me. Outdoor mm-hmm. was my thing. Yep. Uh, so outdoor yeah. was my thing. So like, I always looked forward to outdoors coming. Uh, I would agree with that for sure for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Washugal, of course, uh, win the second moto, third overall. Uh, God, I, I was I was working for a ferry that day at uh, at Chaparral, so yep. I was in a different class. But man, that place was losing their mind with you winning that moto. God, it was awesome. Yeah, was. Ricky was coming. Ricky was coming. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, I'm gonna back up a few races before that race. Okay. Okay, so Bud's Creek, uh, when it was muddy that day, yeah. remember that mud yeah, race? Massive. It was like a yeah, river yeah. running through yeah. the valley. Yep. So that was a that seemed to that was not quite the turning point, but it was a starter of knowing, hey, you know what, I can lead, and I knew the mud anyway. So at Bud's Creek, I had like a forty-five second lead doing two laps, and then when you go up the hill and you hit the finish line at the time, when it was on top of the hill. Yep. Okay, I got a rock stuck in my chain. And like, oh my God, here comes here comes Brock, and then here comes uh, Volan. And no shit, dude, I swear to God, as soon as they got right behind me, the rock came out. <laughs> it's like, dude, like God's yeah, yeah. holding me back. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. So then I pulled out another 45 seconds, my bike blew up. 
<laughs> okay, so that in my mind was good. Even yeah, and I I gotta go even back to Mount Morris, dude, because Mount Morris, I didn't. Ricky got the whole shot, I think, or second. Uh huh. And I started like fifth or sixth or somewhere in there, and I got in a second. I was catching him, and that was like, dude, it energized me, dude. It was like a, a focus that really I didn't ever have. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And I was catching them. I knocked like four seconds down to two. And they had that little freaking dip in the bottom corner in the back. I started jumping. I was willing and jumping over the dip, right? Yeah. And Ricky wasn't quite doing that yet. And I was reeling them in right there. Well, I happened to skip the little hump and I endowed into <laughs> that over the dip and I went off the track. Like I, yeah, I yeah. KO'd myself. I took the those steel posts for cow posts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bent that thing out. I took the orange pennant, you know, the construction pennant out, and then happened. Didn't even know, dude, there was a creek. Literally, I was like five feet from going into the little pond or whatever they had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. But, so, but, dude, that was, that it, was the start. Yeah, really. but it gave you some confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the confidence thing, you know, and I had some good motos, and, never, you know, I never, it was, it seemed to, I never put one good weekend it seemed to have one awesome moto and then a crash and right then, you know maybe a 14th or a 12th or i'd get a fifth and a, a seventh and then something yeah you, right? you look at your results you got a fifth you got a third you got a sixth you also got a 38th and a 28th and a 35th yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was like i was all over the damn board it was right. like a whoop section right <laughs> and so um you know unadilla came out dude so when unadilla happened i crashed three times in that one moto in that one moto mm-hmm. so when that happened, um, I was pissed, dude. I thought it was all over with, right? So second moto came out, dude. I started tenth, got in the got in the lead, and pulled out twenty seconds, literally twenty seconds, and no one was around me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, dude, I had told him in my mind, I have this in the bag. I got it in the bag, dude. So I, it was probably two laps to go, dude. I see Ricky. I kept pacing myself. He was catching me. Yeah, he was definitely catching me, but I didn't think he would have me caught in two laps dude he caught me in one yeah yeah <laughs> my dumb ass dude t- backed up a little bit because i was afraid i was gonna do something stupid well yeah. what i did stupid was i didn't go 100 percent. that was my mistake yeah and then he gets me down that freaking hill looks at me yeah oh, that's right yeah you remember he did yeah, all that yeah. looking around right, right right and dude i look back after that race so after that race i thought about it the next day or even that day probably sitting at the semi series you know what i had a split second i could have just popped the clutch and is really right over the top of him i should have done that <laughs> <laughs> so he passes me we get the white flag and dude i was pissed dude so i just stayed on him the whole time hopefully he screw up and i'd win the second motor or something yeah. right so i got second i told myself that not i learned that lesson and i preach it to even this day you never give up till the checker flag Right. Yeah. You never, yeah. never should no. never just go, never give up to you. Hit, even if you go down 500 times, you never give up to hit the checker flag. So when watch Google came around, you know, that was something that, okay, I, I, if I get myself in a position, dude, I want to try to either one win this thing or at least win one moto. Yeah. And first, first moto, dude, I, ca- I went from like probably what 10th or 11th, 12th and got into fifth and I jumped off the track off the truck sun. Okay. So it doesn't show that. Like, a lot of people don't know that. Like, I was in fifth, dude, and I was catching I was catching Ricky and I was catching Brock. Yeah. So I saw them. They're in my sights, and I knew I was catching them. So I at yeah. least could have got third. Let's say I could have got third, right? Yep. And I knew that in my mind. If I get third, then it will go to the second moto or second round or second moto. Yeah. 
but I jumped off the track. So I ended up falling back to 10th and back to fifth again. So if I would not have done that, I, who's, I could have got the overall. Yeah, In my who knows, mind, yeah. I would have got the overall. Right. So second moto, dude, when um, that, I passed Brock immediately. My goal yep. was to get past him as fast as I could and just go balls to the wall to the end, and that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. It was cool to be yeah. there. It was cool to be there that day. It was rad, dude. Yeah. And we partied like rock stars at the house after that. And I think, or did you, you came to that too, didn't you? No, no, no. I remember talking to you after the moto and congratulating you, but I didn't go to any party afterwards. Oh um, my God. Dude. We had four, we have four semis parked in the uh, yard. Dude. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And for planet too, that's a big deal to win a moto. You know what I mean? Like for a team like that, that's awesome for them. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, dude. It was, it, yeah, it was. I mean, it was something that, uh, you know, Chuck always wanted to have, you know, yeah. down the road, you know, not that same year, but down the road to have, you know, somebody at least win or do an overall or whatever. Yeah. And it was kind of nice to be that one first person to do that for him. For sure. Would you have and all we, your, do you have all your Washugo plaques and trophies and everything? You got all oh, that? Yeah. 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 You still got them? Good. I got Good. all of it. Yeah. yeah. My wife, yeah. dude, it's funny. My wife, Carrie, you know, she flicks me so much crap, dude, that I have – I call memorabilia because I save everything. I yep. save all my racing stuff, right? Yep. To, me, to her, it's like, why do you save all this? Why do you save all – I got all my Loretta Lynn bins. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I think it's cool. I've talked yeah. to some guys that don't give a shit and don't have anything, and I'm always blown away by that. I'm just like, what? Like, your accomplishments on a pro motocross scale is incredible. These guys, you know, you and other people, and I'm just like, you, you should be proud of this. You should keep it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, who knows? Yeah. It's different. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, you were pro grip too that year. Pro grip gear. It was pro grip. Yeah, that stuff. That stuff was actually pretty good. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Between the UFO and the pro grip, McCormick, you ran some weird stuff. <laughs> I did. I know, dude. Yeah. I did run some weird stuff. But I'll yeah. tell you what, those Italians, I love their jerseys. Yeah, their jerseys were the best back then. Yeah. They, were, they were. They did everything. All their printing was molded like into the fabric. It was really right. weird. Right. Right. And yeah. It was nice not having, you know, the print on on the back and being hot and sticky. It was it was awesome and it vented very well. It was probably one of the best stuff that I ever wore, wore to be honest. The next you stay with Plan Honda the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you knock yourself out of Washugo, I believe, if I remember right. Um, so what do you do at Washugo? It was a big deal. I remember that. Yeah, it, that whole year was bad. You know, we. <laughs> Uh, Chuck kind of put a, you know, kind of the kibosh on me doing the, the one off, you know, my own thing on stuff. Yeah. And so then it was Varner's stuff again. And then that whole year sucked. It really was bad. <laughs> you know, I know yeah. honestly, and I trained even harder during the off season because I really wanted to be, I, I, I wanted to be more consistent. <laughs> and, yep. and to be honest, I was actually begging Mitch, Mitch Payton yep. to come over and ride for him for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was begging and begging and that year and you know, we it was at first it was good talks, but dude, my results sucked. Yeah. So I couldn't back up what I was talking to him yeah, yeah. To, to try to get on to Mitch's team the following year. And I had another year on my contract and I got out of it. Oh you did? Yeah. Yeah, I got out of it for two thousand and one. Uh what'd you go two thousand one? Suzuki, what was that? That was uh, my own team, my own program. Oh, that's right. You had um was it Pro Caliber? Yeah, it was yeah, Pro Caliber. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we did. Uh, so I did a deal with Suzuki, um, and they gave me bikes. Uh, Rob did all the suspension, and um, I just did my own thing. I put my own money programs together. I yep. think I 
I think I put together like 80 grand. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So just for myself that year. And then uh, they kind of wanted to see how I would do do it by myself. And then they actually helped me out even more for 2002. Um, I did an off off weekend race at Denver for the arena cross. And that's when Darcy Lange was like the yeah. uh, ring cross champion. Then. Yeah, yeah. Well, him and I weren't, weren't real big pals <laughs> and, and I was beating him and I think I was in fourth and he came across me, dude, center punched me when I was even on the gas coming out of the course, center punched me, dude, and blew my knee completely out. Oh, I geez. already had, I didn't, I already didn't have an ACL to begin with for like over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of guys. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that pretty much ended the rest of the year. So 2002, Suzuki stepped up to help me some more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still ran it out of my fun mover. I bought a fun mover even in 2001. And that I had I hired, uh, well, hired, I, I had Danny Carlson and Isaiah Johnson. Oh, yeah. Ride for me. Yeah. Ride for me. Yeah. And Danny's dad uh, wrenched and, and drove the fun mover everywhere. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So... Um, huh. I pretty much stayed home and just ran the finances and the money and everything in, in Washington. Yeah. Why they were out racing. Oh, okay. Well, how was that? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't race. I had, I had yeah. knee surgery. Yeah. You were just like, I got to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to come back at Washougal that year and it was a disaster. I trained hard. We, re- we recovered literally less than six months, but it just wasn't the same. I sucked, dude. I, it was a, it was a disappointing mental thing on me were the bikes good did you like the suzuki oh, bikes were awesome yeah. yeah dude they were fast oh yeah yeah bills did the motor uh-huh. and, i mean we did it i wanted to do it the right way i had bill and jeff were involved we had the the you know the one-off pipes and silencers i had a kit suspension like it it was it was for me legit yeah for those guys to be able to run that in 01 i had all that same stuff yeah yeah so right yeah oh, it good. was legit yeah. the bikes were good all right did you um did you ride a four-stroke ever? I did not ride a four-stroke till what? I went back east and did the four-stroke nationals. Okay, in All right. 2002. Because yes. yeah, I'm trying to remember if if I don't remember Jason McCormick riding a four-stroke ever. I must have missed that uh, at some point. In 03, did you ride a four-stroke? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I forgot that. I My first that. time ever on a four-stroke, dude, was 2002 doing the Eastern four-stroke nationals. I called up Chuck, who I rode for and playing a Honda. And he gave me two four two 450s. And I did the Four Stroke Nationals and came shy of the championship by, like, I think, eight or eight or ten points. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Paul, Paul Carpenter won the championship. Carpenter won it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, that was right after Kelly Smith and Steve Mathis dominated that series for a couple of years. McCormick, I'll have you know. But uh, Yeah, I know. I know you were with Kelly Smith, yeah, because yeah, he kicked ass, dude. Yeah, he was yeah. good at that stuff. Those little races, he was, man, he was good at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now did he, did he ride the K, was he on the K, were you guys on the KTM? Or yeah, like, KTM. Uh, or something? No, yeah, yeah KTM, right. yeah, for those two years. I was at KTM uh, for him. After Red Dog in 99, I went to KTM for a couple of years, so for Kelly. Yeah. Um, Good times. What what year? Well, when do you stop racing? When do you, do, you, do you start? Do you, well, your last racing result is 2003 at Washougal, but do you keep racing locally after that? No, I kept racing locally. Yeah. The local stuff. Yeah, I did yeah. the uh, Western Four Stroke Nationals. Oh, okay. Uh, in 03 and 04. Um, we did not go back east and do the Eastern stuff again. Okay. Yeah. So just um, kind of stuck around and raced. A little bit here and there or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I did like the West Coast Supercross and just selected maybe outdoors at that point. And, right. You know, that was kind of, to be honest, I, I was kind of on the 
downhill portion mentally and physically of like yeah. kind of knowing it was going to be done pretty yep. soon. Yep. So, um, you know, we just did the you know the Western Force Park Nationals. Had a good time. I did my own program with CHM uh, Carmichael Honda down in Sacramento. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um then, wow. It it and definitely contingency and purse money and all that. You're probably still making pretty good money. Able to do oh, that. Oh yeah, right? no. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's I was consistently either you know on the podium or winning, which you know you're winning, you're winning a couple grand yeah. on a weekend. Yeah, for sure. So, and then plus we plus I had sponsors pay you know uh, pay me quarterly, yeah, uh, you know for support, which you know kept the rig going, and you know then I supported uh, uh, in 03, I had uh, um, oh gosh dang it, uh, Mike Quarter. Oh, Mike Quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike Quarter. Uh, we were buddies anyway, so he rode with me and for me. And Mike Quarter had baggy gear at one time. Mike Quarter raced with baggy gear, I believe. Yeah. He did, yes. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so, and that was a great time, dude. I yeah. had a place. I had a place out in Kalama with a bitch and track on it. Him and I would ride all the time. Yep. Um. Then we would travel. We did all our bike work there, and we'd go travel, go kick ass. He was kicking ass, and like it. That was a fun time, dude. That's what brought back some fun. Right. Right. You know, there was no, there was no, uh, oh, stress of like I have to do good. Yeah. I have to, yeah. I have to ride good for. Bobby Moore, I got to ride good for Honda. You know, you didn't, I, there was no pressure. Right, right. None. Um, so, oh, that's cool. Did that you, was a great time. Yeah. Did you ever go ride a Port Angeles track? Um, I have, yes. Yeah, I used to ride there at Birdwalk because he, he had buddies up there. So we would go Port Angeles, Mountain View. We rode Mountain View a lot. He's from Astoria, right? So, uh, we raced Washougal locally a couple times. So, yeah, good times up there. Good, yeah, good. Yeah. It's such a strong motocross community, Pacific Northwest. Man, they love it. They love – like when I go to Seattle now for the for the Supercrosses, like a lot of people listen to Pulp MX show and stuff. And, dude, I there's so many hardcore moto fans in the Pacific Northwest. It's cool. There is. Yeah. And what's, you know what's so uh, good about it now is we're getting a lot of guys that have come out of here and been very successful. Yeah, and, and and is continuing to do that out of our area, which yeah. is awesome. Yep. Yeah, you look at the Hill Brothers. You look at uh, RV, of course. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So many guys. Absolutely. There is. You know, we got Carson Brown coming up. And yeah. Right, you know, yeah, this, killing uh, it. He is. He's doing great. Did you did you have any run-ins with a young Ryan Villapoto? Like, did you remember seeing him and, and being like, "Yeah, this kid's legit." Do you remember that or Josh Hill or any of these oh, guys? Oh, well, so with Ryan. When I did my first year with uh, doing my Suzuki deal yep. in 01, yep. I happened to be down at Elsinore, and I was just out training one day, and he was, uh, you know, he had his Team Green ride with, you know, and Mitch, yeah. and he was on his Super Mini. And I happened to kind of park not too far away from him, but Ryan had r- rode over, and we were talking, and he asked when I was going to go out and do a moto, and I said, I'll probably, you know, I said, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, you want to do a moto, and and, uh, out, and he said, yeah, I want to ride. Yeah. So, we staggered each other out, and I was on my 450. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I was on my 252 stroke. Yeah. I was on a 450. Yeah, I didn't ride 450s yeah. yet. Um, so we did a moto, dude, and that little son of a bitch <laughs> kept the pace with me the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Super mini. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. I started actually panicking because I couldn't pull away from him. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he's on a super mini. You're like, maybe it's time to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you, you know, when you've been around it now yeah. at that point for a while, 
you know in your mind, dude, he's going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know sure. he's going to do something. You know he's got it. Yep, yep. And it was just so cool. Even when he was on 60s back then, when I, you know, I do a lot of Clark County Fairground stuff at the time. I was mm -hmm. doing lessons and classes. And, yep. Um, I did one class with him long time ago when he was on his 60s. And that was a long time. I think this was, you know, before he got super fast. Yeah. I mean, we, we just did one session. It was really cool. It was awesome. Yep. You know, and, and that was it. That was just that one time. Yeah. A long time ago, and he never, I never even thought of like Ryan ever doing what he has done. Yeah, crazy, right? right? Yep. It is. It's just crazy how you know. Yeah, you know him and his mom. They they went down to the motorhome. They did their thing, and he got in with the right people, and you know he yeah. kicked ass. Dude. Yeah, I mean he did what he needed. They did what they needed to do to do it right. Yeah, it, it's really cool to see such an area, such so many strong and great riders come from that from an area in the United States where you know it's hard to ride all year long. It's it's not easy. Yeah, yeah you know, a lot of rain and, and stuff. So yeah. And then when I ran into Ryan, so I ran into Ryan uh, what last year or whatever, and you know, it's something that you want to bring up. You say, you remember when we did this, this, and this? You know, but you don't want to be that guy like yeah. to reminisce you know, something like he probably doesn't even remember. You know what I mean? Uh, like, oh, I don't think that ever happened. He, he might not. Yeah, he might not. Who knows with him? Uh, uh, he's he's a good buddy of mine. So, but but God, he, sometimes he's hilarious that way. Um, it, it is. Yeah, Larry, it was awesome. Larry Ward said he called him one time, and and he was like, "Is this Jeff Ward?" And Larry just hung up. No, no. <laughs> just hung up on him. Yeah, see you later. Okay. So, that's it. Yeah. Do you do you remember Larry? Uh, oh being, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude! I saw a picture of him. Wasn't he down at Anaheim one? No, he was in oh, Dallas. No, no. Dallas. He was at Dallas. Dallas. That's the picture I saw. Yeah. dude, he looks the same. Yeah, big bird. It looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I was picturing him to be more wrinkled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. think. You know uh, what I mean? Throughout time, like me, I, yeah. I've gained a crap load of weight, dude. Yeah. I, I was like Ricky fat before Ricky got skinny again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ricky's lost some weight. Good for him. Um, yeah, he does. He, it looks like he lost a lot, but no, I still have all my fat. So. Uh, yeah, Larry was a badass. He moved out early, but yeah, another Pacific Northwest badass. Lance Lance was a great rider. Lance was a better rider than he, people probably give him credit for, you know? So, uh, um, tons Lance, of guys. Lance is my idol. He's still my idol, dude. I mean, that guy... I still look up to him no matter what. I mean, yeah. he's, uh, you know, even back when we, I wasn't even pro, yeah, I was still riding intermediates and stuff, and we hung out with him back in the Pac West days. And, yeah. You know, just to have that chance when I turned pro, and then finally it's like, oh, my God, I beat Lance Mill. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, right? No, nah, dude, there's a lot of stories about Lance being ultra fast, like in practice or, or practice, you know, during the week or whatever. Like, he never quite got a full factory shot, right? But um, but he was fast, certainly. He was. He was. Really good, yeah. Oh, good times. Uh, well, hey, Jason, thanks for doing this. The Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Renthal. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well um, and uh, doing suspension and helping riders now. Uh, fantastic career, man. Uh, really great results throughout. So thank you. Hey, I do appreciate it, Steve. And I want to, if it's cool, I'd like to give a couple shout yeah, outs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I want to give a, you know, a shout out to, to the Huffmans. Um, you know, it, it really, a lot of it, you know, would have happened because of Ralph and Carolyn and, and also, also Ryan, you know, Ryan and I uh, got back together again after a lot of years and, you know, we're back together here at the track. Yep. It's nice to have our friendship back and now we're supporting Tommy week and, you know, uh, the rise MX, you know, with oh, did his... things get, did things get bad between you and him at some point? You and Ryan? No, we, you know, it was that time where, you know, I was gone, you know, yeah, we got, yeah. I got, you know, my wife and I got married, we have two kids. And so it was that, it was that time of, 
of disconnect. Yep. Let's say. So now we're connected. We're, we're back here and we, we reconnected back, you know, since I moved back and it's just nice to have again, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's nice to have yeah. some of those friendships back that we did not have for quite a while. Good. So no, yeah. nothing was bad by yeah, any yeah. means. Just, no, yep. it's just reconnecting. Yeah, reconnecting. And so I want you know, you know, Ryan and I supporting, you know, Tommy and uh, Tommy Weekend, his Rise MX program. Uh, we're, we're really uh, trying to help him get that going big. And, um, you know, my wife, Carrie, for gosh dang, putting up with my ass. Dude, she, <laughs> she's the glue, man. I'm telling you, like, she she's amazing. Uh, and my two kids, my son, Eli, and my daughter, Ava um it's just it's just awesome being a dad there's times where it's rough and i'm an asshole but you know that's a dad thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but you know and uh just to all my writers you know a lot of my writers I, there's too many to count but as long as they know that i appreciate them and the dads that i everyone i uh support and sponsor and even current customers i appreciate everybody that's awesome now for sure it's cool you're giving back to i mean like you said so many people helped you out over the years and and I know from being around then, like, yeah, people would, would, would just give you money to help you get to the races and, and all of that. And now you're giving back. It's, it's cool. You're helping people out with suspension and, and, and your knowledge. And, yeah, it's really neat. Motocross has done, has, has done you well, for sure, over the years, you know? It, it has, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm still in it, you know, even though I tried to get out of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, do you have – before I let you go, do you have a favorite – I mean, look, obviously you won the moto – in uh, in ninety nine, but do you have a favorite Washugal? Is is it that one? Is it that, that one year one you won the moto, or was there another one? Um, you know, it's really honestly got to be that that day because my grandma was there. Yeah, my grandpa was there. You know, I no longer don't have my grandpa anymore. He just recently passed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my aunt was there. It, it's the hugs. It's the picture of the hugs. It's it's the whole weekend, you know what I mean? So nothing can really top that, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, no. Uh, well, my favorite McCormick race is High Point 96, 14-14 with me spinning the wrenches. There you my, go. Dude, that favorite. was, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I forgot about that until you just brought, I, I'm brought sure you up. did. It was just one raking where some, Cana some random Canadian held a pit board for you. Uh, no, but now, I, you know, it's funny because if you talk to Ryan – Ryan remembers everything. Oh, does he? And, really? <laughs> oh, my God. He'll remember the smallest little detail about something. I'm like, dude, serious? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's like, am I having Alzheimer's or what? <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Yeah, some guys are like that. I know uh, whenever Keith Johnson from New Mex uh, New England, I mean, or any of those guys, they want to remember anything. They just say, you got to ask Treadwell because Mike Treadwell remembers everything that they did. So yeah, it's one of those right? guys, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. I don't remember anything. Well, hey, thanks, uh, thanks for the time, Jason. I appreciate it. Good luck going forward with suspension business, and uh, yeah, again, good stories and congratulations and everything. Thank you, man. I do appreciate it, Steve. Thank you, man. You have a good night. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a 
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go